Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Renzer. We're throwing it down with a raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Uh, we still got a couple of guests to go on the program. Kevin Walsh will step up and in in a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll talk NBA playoffs uh, with uh, Kevin, a little UFC, maybe a little NFL. And um, FanDuel posted some very interesting NBA playoff props. And I was actually surprised about uh, some of the numbers uh, that they posted. And it's about the teams. Who's going to make the playoffs? Like, will will the Pelicans make the playoffs? Will Memphis get you know get in? The play-in tournament doesn't count, so it doesn't you know you don't get paid for the play-in tournament. But if the team makes the play-in tournament and then makes the playoffs, you get paid for these props. So we'll bust through uh, some of those numbers. Kevin Harvick was victorious at Atlanta. Now they move on to Martinsville. No stuff for the wicked. Maybe we'll get Steve on actually on Wednesday or even tomorrow. Nice. Uh, Steve Merrill, because uh, Steve does a great job breaking down uh, the NASCAR. But, you know, props to you, Cam. You were locked in. You said Kevin Harvick a couple of times. Now, listen, he was the favorite, uh, but still, the favorite hasn't won all the time uh, uh, this year. So you, li- you like Kevin Harvick. He ends up uh, winning this race when it's all uh, said and done. But it's nice we got a race on Wednesday now, too. Yeah, I had a good, a pretty good weekend with the stuff with the the horse racing and Kevin Harvick. And I don't know, Marenzi, maybe you're rubbing off on me. I used to just blindly bet dogs. And, you know, sometimes you look at the track and go, Harvick, this is his, th- th- he's money at that track, right? And he dominated too. But I still won a couple matchup bets too. Blaney was close. He finished fourth. Uh, we almost had the the, the clean uh, triactor. Martin Truex hung around the whole time. He was in second. And then he slipped to, to, thir- uh, to third place there. So we catch some top fives as well. Uh, yeah, Honor AP in the horse racing. It was a very, very good weekend, buddy. Yeah, maybe your boy Dan Daly or we can get a golf guy on Wednesday too because I'll tell you, uh, this golf tournament, a lot of people that I know that aren't even betting are like full-fledged like going nuts. I told you, me and Visine Vince were like going in a $200 a man uh, golf tournament. He, I just put on our picks for the tournament. We got to pick uh, six golfers total money. He's all jacked up about it. I am too, and uh, I got some picks for you. I'm probably going to go with um, a lot of younger uh, unmarried guys, Gabe. That seems to be the angle that I'm going to take. Guys that don't have kids, guys unmarried. who are workhorses. Yeah, unmarried um, workhorses. Guys like you, traveling. Like Sunjay M is like your life. He goes to, goes to a new hotel every week. Doesn't have a home. He just sits there, golfs, makes money. Kind of the way you do radio shows. That's the type of guy I want here during COVID nineteen. I still know he's working his ass off, and uh, at that price, I think he can win this tournament. He's got confidence. <laughs> I think Sunjay <laughs> is probably making a little more than me. I got to look up yeah, his salary. Well. <laughs> I think he's staying, you know, he's top five every week. Five, so, yeah, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> his hotel's probably got better Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah, Rich Carlton. Yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> but but uh, that's that's besides, uh, that's besides uh, the point. No, it really is a great tournament uh, lined up. And. We've got all kinds of props uh, up too over at uh, FanDuel uh, for this top USA player, Justin Thomas, ten to one. You can bet on uh, top European player, top rest of the world player, top South American player. A um, lot of different, 
a lot of different props that they got posted uh, up here. Uh, we want to give everybody tuning into game time decisions uh, radio. I am Marenzi. We're throwing it down with a raging redhead cap story. Kevin Walsh is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Joe Rivera will step up and in. We'll talk a little Major League Baseball or the lack of Major League Baseball. We'll uh, get uh, on that. We'll see what Kevin Walsh has to say. NBA, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, is going to be out. Although, really, the yep. San Antonio Spurs weren't a legitimate threat or anything like that. Uh, this is a basketball team that's in a rebuild uh, right now. Um, interesting news uh, here, actually. And I kind of find it amusing reading between the lines uh, on this that the, the, NBA, um, the NBA will test for performance-enhancing uh, PEDs yep. uh, in Orlando. But they will not test for uh, recreational. Yeah, no street uh, they won't. They won't test. Yeah, they won't test recreational uh, ones. But they're going to test for performance enhancing drugs. They were concerned since playing off that everyone was going to up and be taking HEH or different stuff to stay mm-hmm. in shape or what have you. But I like basically that they're like, yeah, yeah, we're not testing anyone for recreational. They generally don't, anyways. Uh, but they're basically saying, listen, we know you guys are going to be in quarantine, so I'd like to see how much like uh, how much weed is going to be delivered to Disney World. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I got to understand, they got to have a guy. Like, if you're the guy in Orlando, you know what I mean, with the connections, it's like, okay, they're going to have, like, the guy who goes into the complex and, you know, somebody who deals with them. Yeah, I- I'm with you, Marenzi, kind of like Uber Eats guy. You want to be that guy because uh, his uh, sales are going to go through the roof during the Walt Disney sessions. That's for sure, buddy. <laughs> It's a situation players are thinking about. They're like, yeah, well, we're going to have to figure this out uh, somehow. And I like the way they clarified that, not recreational ones, because I'm sure it would come up. A couple of dudes in the NBA would say, listen, I'm not living there for two months without smoking weed. So how is this going to go down? So at least the, you know, the NBA is compassionate, Cam. They understand their players' needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Like Roger Goodell in the NFL would never do that. All right, all right, you know, all right, do what you want, do what you want. Um, then, then it definitely is recreational drugs. Mean, but Kevin Walsh will step up and in from Bunker's basement. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions continues. I am Marenzi, and I'm on the grid at Sports Grid on Twitter. But you can find me on Twitter at Sports Rage. You can find my partner in crime, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, at Cam Stewart Live. Um, so we debuted uh, last night. Don't forget, uh, gentlemen, Scotty Farrell is ready to step up and in uh, tonight in the late night hours on these uh, same radio stations. Last night in the overnight, it was uh, three till five. Eastern time. I'm confused with time zones. I don't know what time it is anymore. I'm now in the Pacific uh, time zone, so it wasn't so quite late for me. But we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back tonight. 
But last night, I was really surprised about the numbers. And I think I influenced it uh, here because I was like, I can't believe this number, to be honest. In which FanDuel posted props uh, for these teams to make the playoffs that are, you know, potentially on the outside looking in or the seven and eight seeds now. So I'll blast through these before Kevin Walsh joins us. Um, Brooklyn Nets are 35 to one to make the playoffs. All right. They would, they're, they're making the playoffs. We know this Memphis are minus 160. So Memphis are up by three and a half games. Of course, there's a play in tournament. If the other teams can get within four games. So it's, they're trying to get a play in tournament. Essentially. What surprised yep. me is that the, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans were paying like uh, plus 420 uh, like last it. night to make the playoffs, and I was surprised considering how much of a public team they sort of are. And I said, yeah, there's no way this plus 420 is going to remain because they are only three and a half back, and they only have to come within four. Now, they would have to beat them twice after, et cetera. Uh, you know, it would start to get complicated, but the Pelicans were, like, on fire before we shut things down. They're, they're a young team. You know, Ball, listen, Ball, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram are a difficult matchup for any team in the NBA. Um, and especially in a shortened little mini season like this that we're sort of going into in the NBA uh, right now. So let's bring in uh, Kevin Walsh to get his thoughts on these uh, props over at uh, FanDuel. What's going on, Kevin? Live from Archie Bunker's basement. What's going on? What's up, man? I don't know if you guys see the debut of uh, Bagels and Bad Beats. I think he might have been sneaking into my basement and broadcasting from the same place. <laughs> You're right. Wetzel's got wood paneling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. I just saw a picture of it now. Thanks, Johnny Roast Beef. Great shot of Scott Wetzel. Wow, you guys are, you, are uh, a parlay of wood. <laughs> I didn't know you were renting your uh, your basement out now. You're making some money on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to keep Walsh up studios. this pandemic. I'm selling a side corner to Wetzel. I got, uh, I got other people calling the line. There's still some more real estate. Hey, he's shooting porn on the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Gabe, I know you're traveling. If you need a corner, let me know, man. I know you're all over well, the I place. Do. I do. I do. I do. And I, I know I was in an elevator. Uh, I was in an elevator, and I had all these lights and all these bags. And the guy goes, are you a photographer doing a photo shoot? I was like, uh, no, no. It's a host. Host. And, you know, TV and radio. He's like, oh, oh there's a lot of stuff you got there. And I'm all crammed crammed up. And yeah, yeah, too much stuff. But, uh, but that's besides... Uh, the point. So, so as I was saying, I'm surprised about these numbers here. So the the Memphis Grizzlies to hang on are minus 160. So that's mm-hmm. for them to hang on and make the playoffs. Yet the Pelicans are plus 380, three and a half games back. What's your take on that number? And are you buying into the Pelicans? And I know as a LeBron uh, fan, uh, Kevin, you're very scared. You don't want to play ball. You don't want to play Zion. You don't want any piece of Brandon Ingram because you know they'll probably beat you guys. I'll load up big, Cam. Pelicans versus Lakers. <laughs> Give me the Pels, plus 500. Now, Cam, you've known him a long time. So, I mean, you tell me if I'm starting to catch the game, but there's no way Gabe believes what he just said. And he knows that Anthony no, Davis no, will average 35 a game no. in that series. No, he he. he I, I'm more the the guy who just bets blind dogs there, Kevin. No, no, yeah. he's just saying that to, he just wants to poke the bear with you right now because you're see. you're the LeBron fanboy of the network. But well, we love you still, Kev. We love you. But uh, I, I I don't know. I, I got to be honest with you. I find it very very interesting, Gabe. And you're right that they posted that number. 
They're, t- they're basically telling you uh, Memphis looks pretty good to get in. They're, they're, it almost feels like they're begging, begging for Pelican money. I, I think that's a good point. I just I think it's interesting because it's a really tall mountain to climb for one of these teams to take the eighth seed off of Memphis before the play-in game would happen. And if Memphis mm-hmm. is the eighth seed going to the play-in game, they just got to win one out of two times. And I even think that you could argue the Blazers should have a better number than the Pelicans because they've played two more games. They split those one and one due to the tiebreaker. The Pelicans have to have a better record in this eight-game stretch than the Blazers just to get the ninth seed. So I think that you kind of alluded to it there a bit, Cam. I think they want this Pelicans money. I think they're expecting this Pelicans money because they are the popular team. Well, the money came in pretty quickly. I only saw these these odds over the weekend. They they just you know posted these props, and like I said, it was plus four twenty, and uh, down down to plus three eighty uh, right now. And I think that number will continue uh, to move as well. The San Antonio Spurs. Interesting what LaMarcus Aldridge uh, means. The Spurs were plus 1,200 to make the playoffs last night before the announcement of LaMarcus Aldridge. So it's moved to 17 now. So it's moved from plus 1,200 to plus 1,700. I really didn't think the Spurs had that much of a chance to begin with. This is a team that's, you know, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich is more worried about politics, it seems. American politics. He had no opinion on the Hong Kong politics. Um, But... um, you know, Popovich is like an activist. They don't seem to like DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, I think DeMar is probably gone as a free agent. LaMarcus Aldridge, the pairing has just never really worked, and now he's out. So I, I was never really buying in. But who do you think makes the playoffs? Like, Kevin, who are you buying into here? I'll tell you on the Spurs specifically, I, I think they're more likely to get in now without Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge. And that's not an anti-LaMarcus Aldridge thing. It's an anti-the-way-this-roster-is-built thing. Him and DeRozan do not work simultaneously. Now, DeRozan can actually play off of space and shooters, and you don't have two mid-range-centric uh, players. Their on-off numbers are actually better without LaMarcus Aldridge, albeit still negative. I don't think it's the Spurs. In the West, I would lean the Blazers. I'll tell you, guys, I'd, I'd love to get your take on it, a number that I think pretty valuable it's the Brooklyn Nets no number because the gap for them to Orlando to me is a little silly when it's just a half game difference in the standings I don't necessarily look at this Brooklyn team I know they've done well with Dinwiddie but this is a team that's still going to be trotting out an interim head coach when they get there they've been dealing with all of this Kevin Durant stuff will he won't he there won't be Kyrie I just think the gap that exists between them and the Orlando Magic of 1,700-0 to 900-0 when there's a half-game difference, I think if you wanted a pure value play, the Brooklyn Nets no is at least interesting to me. It's 17 to 1. They're minus 3,500. Yes, they're plus 17 no on FanDuel. That's amazing. That's a mm -hmm. crazy number, guys. That's nuts. Yeah. It would take, though, quite a collapse. It would, but, it, but that's not the gap from them and Washington from Orlando. But only eight, they're only playing really eight games, the though. They're only playing eight games, though. So they would literally, it would have to be like they go. What, are they going to go all in eight? They're no, going go they to go two and six. They just have to play in game, Gabe, and they just have to then be yeah. within four games. It's the same thing as no, that. Pretty much the Washington needing to get into Orlando's range. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, no, you're, you're, listen. Brooklyn and Orlando have the same amount of wins. Yeah. Um, but it's six, six more, uh, actually. So they're they're actually uh they're a full six games back Washington and Brooklyn, and they're five and a half back 
of the Orlando Magic with only eight games to squeeze it. Yet, if there's one guy, you know, and you brought up Portland, I think Damian Lillard is a guy that can catch fire and carry a team through an eight-game torrid pace, getting Nurkic back. Um, Portland, you know, and Portland's getting some other guys back as well. But I'll give them, I'll give them credit. I'll, I'll say, Cam Bradley Beal's the type of guy too. Bradley Beal's yep. bombs away. The Wizards, they just bomb threes. If they get hot in, in a limited span, they would be a load to deal with. I just think there's too, it's too little, too late. It's hard to make up. But as you stated, Kevin, they're not really six games back. They're two games back because they only have to get it to mm-hmm. four, right? That's not, right. Yeah. They have to get it to four. That's the thing. It's like my thing is, and then they have like to win twice. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're they're one and a half games back of Orlando, so it might as well be two because they're not going to be able to make up the half game. So if they're the same distance back from Orlando and Brooklyn, and one of them you get you know plus seventeen hundred to plus nine hundred, I just think that it's a little silly to suggest that there's not a world where. And the thing is, listen, and I know you guys don't love hedging, but if all, all right, of a sudden on, you got a plus seventeen hundred number save, and it's a two game series, you can hedge off of it easy. Hey guys, Stan Stewart, the Sports Grid News and Betting Update. You want that tapping edge, you got to get on the grid, Sports Grid. MLB has made a proposal to the Players Association that includes a 76-game campaign with 75% prorated salaries for the 2020 season. This, according to Carl Ravage of ESPN. The plan also features playoff pool money and no draft pick compensation for signing players. The regular season would reportedly end September 27th, and the playoffs would conclude at the end of October. Under the newest proposal, the 2020 campaign would begin around July 10th, according to John Heyman of the MLB Network, and it would be the first time in 45 years that draft pick compensation wouldn't be tied to free agency. MLB also asking for 16 teams to make the playoffs, eight in the American League and National League. The MLBPA has asked to respond by Wednesday, but based on player reactions today to the proposal, uh, it looks like more likely like a 48-game season is likelier. The Players Union regards today's offer to be even worse than the league's previous plan because it places a greater emphasis on risk-sharing in the playoffs. Major leaguers will receive 50% prorated salaries if there's no postseason, 75% if there is one. A source on the player's side today said this offer would have should have been made in April and it would have been in projected big time. Major leaguers will also have an acknowledgement risk waiver before playing where players believe it's designated to undermine the right to challenge the league if it fails to provide a safe working environment for the players. The league's newest offer doubles the amount of money from $200 million to $400 million. Under the latest proposal, each major leaguer earns around 19% more than if forced to play a shorter season at 100% prorated salaries. But the MLBPA says they will not take any further pay cuts. The NCAA Division Football Oversight Plan expected to be approved in a six-week preseason plan. This Minnesota Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook, he plans to hold out and skip all team-related activities unless he secures a new deal. This from ESPN this afternoon. Reports say Colin Kaepernick still training every day in hopes of an NFL comeback. The Spurs, they've ruled out Demarcus Aldridge for the remainder of the season. Aldridge ranked second on the team, close to 19 points a game, first in rebounding with 7.4. The Spurs four games behind the eight-seed Memphis Grizzlies when the season went on hiatus. San Antonio, the longest active postseason streak. They've made the playoffs every year since 1998. New details have emerged relating to a pair of areas of the NBA's tentative season restart plan. Re-entering the so-called bubble environment and drug testing of a player leaves the wide world of sports complex at Walt Disney World. That individual would have to quarantine for at least 10 days and have two negative tests for COVID-19 before able to gain re-entry. The NBA also saying, hey, street drugs are fine. The NBA stating the finals to begin September 30th under the new postseason schedule. John Harris and David Blitzer, owners of the NBA's Sixers and NHL's New Jersey Devils, 
the latest suitors looking to purchase the New York Mets. Talks are in the early stages, and it's reported the Mets have retained Allen and company Steve Greenberg to oversee the team. But baseball legend Alex Rodriguez, his wife, also looking to buy the Mets. The Wilpon family has owned the team since 1980. A part of it, Forbes values them at $2.8 million. I'm Cam Stewart, and that's your Sports Grid News Update. Everybody, follow us on the Sports Grid Network, the place to be for all your sports wagering and fantasy needs. We're here all the time. Now back to host Gabe Morenci with our guest, Kevin Walsh, everybody. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabe Morenci. What's up, everybody? Get on the grid. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates out there. Kevin Walsh uh, joining us from Queens. And uh, if you're looking for a uh, place to uh, shoot something, um, you know what? Kev- Kevin's <laughs> open for business. Kevin's well, open pool, for business. Shoot, human Bunk- bunkers. <laughs> shoot something. Yeah, no, if you're, if you're looking for a studio. Um, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot something. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking, you're looking for. You're, yeah, you're looking for a studio. Um, you're looking for a uh, a party. He's got a bar down there as well. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. Uh, video. You know, yeah, weddings, uh, bachelor parties. <laughs> There are poles. They are there are poles that hold up the basement. So we can probably figure out a bachelor party if we had to. <laughs> oh, you've even got poles in there as well. Huh? You got, yeah, see, nice. see, it's wow. getting better. It's getting it's getting better already. All right. So sports grids, uh, Kevin Walsh, uh, kicking it with us. And Cam, I heard you during the update. You're like, um, so the NBA is going to test for performance enhancing, but street drugs are all right. You make it sound so seedy when you say street drugs, recreational. Oh, sorry, recreational drugs. Sorry, I just, I just put yeah, my personal like touch street on it. drugs. Like, hey, 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 I'm a part of those updates. I even update them during the thing. I change all my stories and stuff, Moran. See, it's a. I hear you typing. I can hear Cam typing. Yeah, well, I don't want to give the same update twice all the time. Actually, you know, I care about it, but yeah. Anyway, you're right. I should. No, no, good job. I didn't say street drugs. I didn't say. No, you're right. I'm just saying. The way you said it, yeah. they're going to test for, for more performance enhancing, but street drugs are fine. <laughs> street drugs. <laughs> That's why they made the rule that yeah. if you leave the bubble, you got to quarantine for 10 days. That way these guys aren't roaming the streets of Orlando trying to score. Yeah, yeah, yeah 10 I know. Days, I know. Though, it's like, kind of uh, interesting. A regular person's got to do it 14, right, Marenzi? 14 is nah, the, the number. Scam. These guys get 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, these guys they're, are getting it's really the 7 to 10. It's really seven okay. to ten. These guys, uh, you know, just, yeah, they're it, fourteen's excessive, but whatever. I've already been through that. Uh, I've yep. already I've been there and I've done that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good point that Kevin raises though about the Brooklyn Nets if they just completely uh, fall apart just because of the number. So conversely, mm-hmm. Brooklyn not to make the playoffs plus seventeen hundred. If you flip it down, you look at all right, what about Washington to make the playoffs? Because, you know, who's going to make it then? The Washington Wizards are plus 900. The Wizards are plus 900, so you'd be better off with a value saying no uh, for Brooklyn right there. But I think Portland are somewhat interesting. If there's And they're plus 460 right now, Cam. If there's any team that really sort of gets a reprieve out of all of this, it was the Portland Trailblazers. They had injury problems all year long. Damian Lillard was out all the time. They didn't have Nurkic. Then their secondary Nurkic, yeah. guys got hurt. You know, Collins and these other guys. Um, you know, they lost some of their bench players um, through free agency. They never got going. You know, and Portland are sort of a, a streaky team, right? They'll, they'll start to, you know, go on these little bit of a runs. But Damian Lillard is definitely a big game. And in an eight-game stretch, he is capable. Him and McCollum 
especially having Nurkic back, they are capable of getting hot and, and making noise. They're plus 460. No, I think Portland's dangerous. And to me, that's why I didn't like the bitching. I'm like, guys, you got a second uh, chance at life here. You got an opportunity, and you're bitching about that. Yeah, what about this format? And we vote against this. It's like, hey, you got guys healthy. You know, McCollum and and, and Lillard, these guys get hot. They could be a very scary team. If I was on the Portland Trailblazers, I'd be doing the opposite. I'd be thanking everybody. Wow, now we actually got a break. We come in here with no expectations. We're playing with house money, and I think that's the attitude you need to have. It's like what I talked about with hockey in Carolina. Stop bitching about, you know, working hard in the regular season. Take a look at the new formats under these things and take a positive attitude going into it. I think you'll do a hell of a lot better that way. Kevin Walsh uh, kicking it with us. All right, uh, Kevin. I didn't want to give, and of course, Kevin, you know, uh, on Connor. <laughs> believe this guy? Like, he's a Connor fan yeah, as well. Connor's right, your Kevin. guy, Kevin, because he's Irish? He's right there. Is that the yeah, exactly. Works? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, easy. I'm part Irish, too. I don't like him. He should shut up. This guy talks too much. <laughs> Listen, he's Kevin. It's a very big deal. He's retiring. And what we know from his experience, that it's very serious. This is big breaking yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, this is, we've yeah. Never yeah. Seen he's this. He's retiring. Yeah, he's retiring. He's, he's retired like, right now. That's what's he's happening. He's retired like uh, the Who retired and Kiss retires and Motley Crue retires <laughs> and, uh, and everyone else. I remember yeah. seeing the Who when I was a kid. It was supposedly their last tour ever. I've seen them like six times since then. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, so... And just like at different like festivals and everything. I'm not even the biggest Who fan or anything like that. I'm just yep. saying like, yeah, yeah, he's not retired. Uh, but I thought it was pretty weak. It was like, Lou, look at me. Guys, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, he was talking about how, oh, I didn't think it would be cool without fans. But now that I watch it, I like the sounds of the fights without fans. I love to put on a show so you could hear my viciousness in, in a cage. And then on Saturday night, I guess after a couple of models of his crap-ass proper 12, He's um, he's like, oh, it's boring without wow. fans. Wow. This this sport doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, he's like that Burns and Woodley fight was boring. Yeah, so like basically, like that's like Patrick Mahomes retiring because a Cleveland Brown game sucked on TV. It's like, and, and of course he does it. He does it right after Amanda Nunes, right, just to try to steal her spotlight. He's done this to her before too. I don't know what his deal is with her. He's always trying to steal her publicity after. But I like the fact that it fell on deaf ears. No one believes him, Kevin. I think I don't think it was as much as Amanda as he wanted to make sure it got out right before Dana's press conference so he'd have to address it. And that way he could take up some headlines to get people talking that way. They can try and get him back in the cage. It is funny because everybody that follows the sport even remotely is like, yeah, okay. You can't retire three times in four years. No one's going to believe you. The only thing I ask you guys is, because I've been trying to figure this out myself, is what you think he should do. He was very adamant at the beginning of 2020 that he wanted to fight three times, fight one. We saw Cerrone. He wanted to fight again in July. And, you know, unlike Jorge Masvidal and John Jones, he's apparently not arguing about money, according to what he said at Tariya Hawani. He just can't find yeah. a fight right now. That makes sense. Like, what do you think makes sense for Conor McGregor? That is, it. listen, it's a good point. It's an interesting uh, point. He doesn't deserve Gaethje. Now, I understand his argument mm. in a sense when he said, well, listen to Kevin. Well, he's like, oh, just, uh, Kevin's saying that. that. I don't know about that. He kind well, of deserves he's supposed to fight Khabib. Because he's the... He's supposed to he's, fight... He's, no, 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 no. 
Khabib and Gaethje are ahead of him right now in the pecking order. So he's trying to use his name to step guys. Now, the only thing that I, I have to admit is that I'll say when he goes, come on, do you really think that Khabib and Gaethje are really going to fight in September? He goes, we all know something will happen, right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and I almost buy into that. Um, the Anderson Silva fight was dumb. The Anderson Silva fight was dumb. For me, the fight, do the third fight with Diaz. If you know, I don't know why what happened to that fight. I don't think they want to pay Diaz. I think uh, Connor versus Masvidal would be a folk fight. Uh, but Masvidal's in negotiations with Usman. I get it, but the little like dramatic boy that cried wolf. Oh, I'm going to retire now again because he doesn't get the fight that he wants. After he leaves, he comes back and he expects what he wants all the time. And I get it. But he doesn't have the same juice anymore. And, you know, I've been around a long time, and I've, I've been around Dana a long time, Kevin, and you've seen it too, Cam. You're Dana's yep. best buddy, and he'll bend over backwards for you until he does Until you screw him. Yep. Exactly. And until he doesn't. And, like, I've yep. seen it time and time again. Yeah, but, dude, you used to. Man, it used to be tight. Whatever. I think, like, Dana's like, whatever, dude. I don't play his games anymore. You know, and I think we're sort of getting to that point right now. We'll see if the UFC gets desperate for the road. I don't think he's going to retire. I think it's just a ploy. Connor I think will fight that they again don't want to waste a Connor fight by not having a gate because he holds the record for the four biggest gates, and they I can't really, disagree really with want that. him to fight Khabib. That's true. Mm -hmm. I can't disagree with that. Um, and I get it. It's just if he's adamant about fighting, to me, Anderson Silva versus McGregor reminds me of Hogan Rock at WrestleMania, and I think that's kind of cool. Do you know one sports book actually had oh, guys? Do you know when that That's fight came out, they made a mistake and took it down? I think they had Silva as like a buck twenty-five favorite over McGregor. Like I would literally go to the bank and like ask for a, a second mortgage to bet on Conor McGregor in that fight. Like that's what I want to hear. I just think that number's brutal. That's brutal. Well, it's a dumb. Um, it's a dumb. Um, it's a dumb fight, Anderson Silva. And I, you know what? Yeah. Props, props to the UFC. Props, props to the UFC for shutting it down. Actually, and I think they were saving Connor from from himself on that. Actually, I'll be honest with you. Not that Anderson Silva was going to beat him. Anderson Silva would killed. destroy Anderson Silva. He would destroy him. Yes, Connor would. would beat Anderson yes, Silva now if Connor was drunk. He'd still. Beat I him. agree. And uh, oh yeah, he'd and beat I love yeah, Anderson yeah. Silva. He'd still. It's beat true. Him. But yeah. that's the whole point. Like, it would be bad. It would be like, dude, you, you, like, I, I'm glad the UFC said, we're not letting you beat up Anderson Silva, bro, because you want to. <laughs> like, you, well, he actually mentioned like Anderson, that. When he, he was talking to Hawaii, Anderson and he's like, for I can't fight. even get excited now. Because I know Anderson asked for it. Well, he is. Like, the, I, I, I'm glad. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad that Dana actually had the balls to say, dude, we're not letting you fight Anderson Silva. He's old. He's got one leg. Like Anderson Silva's been done ever since he ever since he um, he showboated against Chris Weidman and he got knocked out. He's never been the same. Look, he got knocked out. He fought Weidman again. Then he broke his leg. <laughs> right. Then he was never the same again after. Then he took a lot of steroids and different stuff. And you know, repeat. You know, he tried to get better and he got old fast. Anderson Silva might be the greatest of all time. And I heard Connor say that he respects him as the greatest. That's why he wanted to fight him. But Come on, Connor. Just anyways, Connor will be back just like Kevin Walsh will be back in the future from Bunker's Basement. Great stuff as always, Kevin. Thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Take it easy, Kevin. It's the, it's the wood that makes it good, Kevin. It's the wood that makes it good. <laughs>
I love Wetzel's got paneling too. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid. I am Rutsy. Throwing it down with a raging redhead. Cam Stewart as we follow the legend, Scotty Farrell. Get on the bench. He goes coast to coast. And don't forget, he'll be uh, bringing it in the overnight hours uh, tonight on these radio stations, as will we. We made our debut last night in the overnight hours, and it was banging. It was old school, man. We had crazy dudes, madness call in. It was really like old school sports rage right away. Uh, the chat was banging in a late night hour, so we appreciate everybody who joined us. We hope you join us again tonight. We're doing it six nights a week. Scotty Farrell uh, debuts tonight in the late night uh, hours and, of course, continues uh, the afternoon show as well. So, all right, thanks to all of our guests so far, but we're not done uh, right now. It's time to get depressed and talk uh, about baseball or the lack uh, <laughs> of it <laughs> with, uh, with Joe Rivera. Sporting news in the house. What's going on, Joe? Thanks a lot for stepping up and joining us, man. How you doing? Absolutely, guys. Thank you for having me on. I mean, my hair's a little messed up here, but I think everybody in quarantine's going through it, guys. Look at my lid oh, there, yeah, Joe. Yeah. They call me Ron Ruggs. Like, I can't, it's <laughs> disgusting. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Got a dead gopher up here, but you're looking okay. No problem. I'm, I'm bald, so I don't, have, I don't have the problem. It's all good, yeah. Joe. Thanks for joining us. That's the only problem I don't have uh, right now. Uh, but I'll tell you, Joe, listen, I was um, – I've been skeptical and pessimistic about baseball and the negotiations from day one. I don't think the owners have ever negotiated in good faith uh, from day one. Yet, I'm not going to lie. This morning, I woke up and I'm like, oh, look at this. What? 76 games, 75% prorated. I'm like, all right. It's enough to sit down at a table. It's a starting point. And maybe we can get something out of this. But then it was really a trickle-down effect to, oh, no, they really want 56 games only or 57 games only, and they don't want to pay more than X amount of dollars. They also want the players to sign a waiver, basically stating, well, the virus, you know, you're on your own moving forward, whatever happens uh, with that, which I know players were not for. So on a, you know, we're, let's on a 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, where are we at, Joe, in your opinion on all this? I still think we're going to get baseball this year, guys, if we're being honest. Um, I, I do think we're a little bit closer, if only on the games part. And I do think that Major League Baseball at some point is going to cave and they're going to give in to the fully prorated salaries. I just think that's the way you got to go. You know, I know Major League Baseball is kind of making the players look like the bad guys here. Just the nature of the sport now with all of the front uh, front facing contracts and all of that being public knowledge. And we don't know exactly how the sausage is made when it comes to uh, Major League Baseball ownership. So 
I, I really do yeah. think that we're going to get there. I think we're at like 80, 20 right now. I, I'm probably a little bit more optimistic than most. I just think that I see the, I see the owners wanting to give you the 76 games. Um, and, and I think that major league baseball players association at some point are going to cave and they're going to give into it too. So we'll see where it goes, but I think we are closer this week at the start of this week than we were uh, maybe last week to close out. You know, one thing guys, and I'll throw it to you in a but one, one thing is, I brought this up earlier, Joe, on the show, that originally in the early days of this, people turned on the players immediately, right? You know, the virus was really in full effect. You know, oh, frontline workers, people in grocery stores are making $15 an hour, and you sons of bitches, you guys, oh, how dare you? It's a child's game, <laughs> and all that. That dissipated. You know, there's so much outrage, you know, there's so much real stuff in the world now. It's almost that sort of, that dissipated. And then it's almost like the adults in the room all basically stated, guys such as yourself, Joe, and a lot of writers out there and media people and smart fans said, come on, you, you want these guys to go from a $36 million deal to $6 million? And after they taxed him, $3 million left? <laughs> like, come on. Like, and... It seems to me that the owners sort of lost the PR war. They normally win this stuff. The players are always the bad guys in every sport. The holdout, oh, Le'Veon Bell's an evil guy for wanting more money. But it seems to me, Joe, it's a little bit different this time around that even a lot of baseball fans are saying, yo, yo, owners, shut up and do this deal. Pay these guys. Stop trying to rip them off. Would you agree with that take? I, I think it's definitely more split now than it was a few weeks ago. And I think when you have guys like Kansas City's Whit Merrifield, who, who came out and said, you know, we're ready to play. We want to play. Uh, Sean Doolittle said something similar today. They're ready to play. Uh, former Major League player Will Middlebrooks has been very mo vocal about this stuff, too. Phil Hughes has said, open the books. You know, I, I, so I think that the players have been so vocal about it, especially through social media, that um, a lot of fans are kind of turning turning away from blaming solely the players and, and putting a lot of the blame on the owners now, which I think is, is, is right, I guess is the best way to put it because uh, you never really want to argue billionaires versus millionaires and everybody hates hearing money talks uh, money matters between billionaires and millionaires. But at the end of the day, the billionaires have been getting off and the MLB ownership has been getting off on a lot of things over the years, right? Baseball's continued to grow, but salaries for the most part, we're not talking about the high end guys, uh, the Coles yeah, and the yeah. of the world. We're talking about the low end yeah. guys. Those guys still aren't making, they're not increasing as much as you'd like to see it. So I, I do definitely think that, you know, the general public from where I'm sitting, uh, I, I see a lot more people, you know, maybe putting 50, 50 blame more than solely on the players from, from maybe a month ago. So I, I want to say that's a good thing to see because I, I think a lot of like armchair GMing that we're seeing in, in baseball now and, and baseball culture, Twitter culture and, and social media culture is to be the fantasy GM and kind of think like the businessman. But, but I think now we're starting to see these guys sympathize and empathize with the players just a little bit more. And I think that that's a very, very good thing from from a fan standpoint to understand that, hey, the billionaires are doing a little bit more. The owners are doing a little bit more here than what they're letting on. So I think that's definitely a fair way to put it. And, there, and there's a clause in the contract, Joe, too. <clears throat> they're basically saying, hey, if we don't have the proper protocols, if you guys get sick, you know what I mean? We're going to have to write this. We're, we're not going to be held responsible for this stuff. It, to me, it seems like the players, they're taking all the risk in this in the situation and let's call it out for what it is like the owners haven't met these guy guys with a mid-grade like even a fair offer it's like skim 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 and the players yeah these guys want to play but that that's what i'm saying i want your opinion on that and also 
If push comes to shove, Joe, what's your prediction? How many games? When do you think they play if they do play baseball? And what games number do you think they will play? I'll say this. I do think that the owners are kind of dribbling out the clock right now. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it kind of feels like they're waiting until that very last second to say, listen, we have no choice but, but to play 60 games now. So either you're in or you're out. Yeah. Um, and they'll give them yeah. the prorated salaries of that number. So if, if I had to guess, I'll say that they probably pay play around that 60, 70 game mark. Um, I, I think it's funny because at this point in the year, obviously the players have said they want to play 114 games. They're the ones that want to play, right? The owners, it feels like they're just waiting and waiting and waiting to play as little baseball as possible uh, and try and change things up. So if, if I had to guess, I would say probably around 70 games. I've talked to a few guys that want to play now, and, and I've mentioned these guys are very vocal about wanting to play now. So, And I'm sorry, I, didn't, I don't remember uh, the first part of your question there. No, I was just talking about the players are taking the risk. Like If they're going to sign these things saying, okay, oh, well, yeah. Say you know how hard a baseball is spitting the baseball culture, yeah. all the other things going on. They have to they have to sign that in their contract to say basically, hey, owners, we're, the owners are not liable for something. And if people do get sick with COVID nineteen, the players are taking the risk, and who knows what's going to happen in the future of their career? So they don't want to get lowballed twice. Absolutely, and and I think that when you see that. Um, Major League Baseball Players Association kind of agreed to, to letting players, obviously high-risk players, um, guys that have, have dealt maybe with cancer like a Carlos Carrasco or have family members that are high risk for COVID-19 coronavirus, um, you know, giving them yeah. the option to opt out and they still get service time, they still get pay, uh, you know, for opting out. And maybe players that just aren't comfortable playing in this environment. And uh, I think uh, Bradford, Bradford Davis of um, uh, the New York Daily News did wonderful work uh, reaching out to um, different uh, public health offices around the country. I think he reached out to 29 different cities or 29 different offices about it. And some offices says that Major League Baseball hasn't reached out to them at all in regards to their plan, uh, their restart plan. So <laughs> it's kind of a bad look for wow. baseball to, to, to come out and say, hey, look, we have all these safety protocols, but then not reach out to local authorities when it comes to these things. So, um, but, but like I mentioned, I think that the players, we all know the players are smart, right? These guys aren't, they're not all meatheads. They understand the risk uh, involved with playing. I do think that there is a certain level of caution when it comes to MLB ownership. They know they don't want to put these guys in a terrible spot. And, and the one thing I, I, I do want to, you know, remind everybody is this is essentially a 50% pay cut, right? Like, the owners said, you know, we'll give you 75% salary, but remember that 400 and whatever it is, $30 million pool is coming from a postseason that may or may not happen if there is another coronavirus outbreak. So then you're telling these guys to take a 50% cut. So uh, a, a lot of the things here that, that MLB, both on, on in, in a front office level and, and a team-by-team -team basis, hasn't really been kosher, I guess is the best way to put it, which is why I've been siding with the players so much when it comes to this stuff, and I think most people should too. Yeah, I'd say, well, well put, Joe Rivera, Sporting News uh, with us. All right, so let's be a little uh, lighter on the way out. We've got a couple of minutes as far as the actual teams themselves. Uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, in, in, let's say a shortened season. And let's say 60 games, all right, at least that's two months of play, and then you get into the playoffs, say August, September, et cetera, um, or hypothetically in a shortened season. Looking at some of these teams, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Last year in a 50-game stretch, the Nationals went 19-31. and 31. San Francisco were like 36 and 15 or something in a 50 game stretch last year. As you know, Joe, anything can happen in that limited time. Um, you know, players often slump, man, until June, the first couple of months of the season. 
and that's just sort of normal uh, for them. So, you know, to me, it hurts the Dodgers. It hurts the Yankees of the world. Um, you know, the Astros, et cetera. I don't know. The Astros, we'll find out about uh, the, you know, the new world Astros here. But who are some of the, like, maybe second-tier teams? Besides, you know, all right, we got the favorites, the Dodgers and the Yankees uh, to win the World Series. But who are some of these sort of mid-tier teams that you think could be sleepers if we do play, let's say, a two-month schedule, Joe? I'll tell you what, one team that I really, really liked watching last year, and you don't win 97 games by accident, guys, are the Rays. Um, and the Rays are a team that if this does go to a 50- or 60-game season, they are built for it, man, because they are not afraid to experiment. Uh, we saw it all year last year. I mean, they had, they had like four guys on the injured list out of their starting rotation, and they were still just chugging along all year. So if you're looking at a completely unorthodox season where you have to employ different methods of winning, there's pro arguably nobody better suited to win than the Rays. And I thought that heading into the season in a normal season, in an 162-game season, the Rays are really going to take the fight to the Yankees the first two months of the season. I know they didn't play head-to-head -head a lot, but with the Yankees kind of reeling, they lose Luis Severino, um, they lose James Paxson for the first two months, and you say to yourself, you know what, maybe the door's open for the Rays to do some damage in that division. Um, but, you know, obviously now I think that a shorter season probably benefits them a little bit more. And then I think you, in the National League, you look at a team like the Reds who had a sneaky good offseason last year, uh, this past offseason. It feels like last year already, Chief. Yep. Um, they had a sneaky good offseason. They signed Nick Castellanos. They signed Mike Moustakis. They had a horrible offense last year. They are they averaged under four runs per game last year, but their pitching was top tier, and their starting pitching was top tier, and a lot of people don't realize that. And you add a little bit more offense to their lineup to what you can assume would be uh, another improved rotation this year, you know, another year under the belt for a lot of those guys. Sonny Gray was great last year. Uh, Luis Castillo was great last year. You give them another year with improved offense, maybe Joey Votto backs, uh, he, he goes back um, and he has a comeback year. I mean, they're a team in that division that could be a lot of fun to watch, just bludgeoning people. So if you had to, if I had to give you two teams from each league that, that would really intrigue me in a shortened season, those are two that immediately come to mind. I just think uh, the Reds from an offensive standpoint, are, are they can just bludgeon teams uh, and the Rays from just an unorthodox knowing how to win, eking out different types of wins on, on a baseball field would be certainly suited for it too. I like where you're going with both, uh, both those uh, opinions right. right there. Joe Rivera, Sporting news. Joe, we'll definitely do this again, man. Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. For SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. We've got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, here on uh, the grid. We appreciate uh, you joining us. And don't uh, forget to check out Scotty Farrell uh, tonight in the overnight uh, hours. We'll be throwing it down. And uh, you know what? We're kicking it old school. Um, since we're on in the late night hours now, in the overnight hours, we got to uh, kick it West Coast style. And uh, me and Cam were just talking about our, our main man, Tony Finn, uh, the other day. So yeah. Tony Finn's going <laughs> to step up and in. Uh, tonight, nice. I believe we got Mick Aussie and Tony Finn 
on the late Good night uh, show. Sport, yeah, Sports Rage late night uh, this evening on these radio stations. So Joe Rivera was a solid guest. I like where he was going uh, with that. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are eighteen to one. Yeah, eighteen to one at FanDuel. The Cincinnati Reds, and I know you've been uh, high on the Reds over the last couple fan. of years. The Reds, mm-hmm. thirty to one to win uh, the World Series. The Cincinnati Reds, thirty to one. I like it. I don't think they're going to win the World Series, but their wins total I've already is going to go over with them. I I, I don't think Milwaukee's going to win eighty four. Like they talked about their win total. Yeah, win total. I, I you mean Brewers win percentage? <laughs> yeah, win. Sorry, win percentage. I think the Milwaukee Brewers are going to actually uh, be a lot worse than people think they are, and I think the Reds are a team on the upswing. I'm buying into Cincinnati. I agree. I think Castillo's an absolute beast. You got Trevor Bauer, and now you got bats on that team. Watch out for the Reds. I know you call Cam Cincinnati Reds there, Gabe, right? I'm telling you, the Big C. Watch out. Watch out for the Big C this year, like uh, like, uh, Big Stacks. Watch out for Big C. They're going to get things done. Reds are going to win people some money. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we, you know, the, because of the, the, the game situation, and nobody really knows how many games are going to be played, uh, FanDuel um, has up uh, winning percentages. So as opposed to like to, to a certain amount of wins. And I'll tell you what, I like this Reds win percentage to go over the number. It's only 52.5%. Oh, over, I think the Reds over. can win 53% of their games. they got to win 53% of their games. 5.3 out of think- 10 uh, baseball games. Yeah, I'll go over that I think that they'll number. be close to 60. I'm in. Right, Sign we me gotta up, get, Gabe. I'm we got to get out of here. Fun time. Show flew by. Check us out any overnight tonight. May the winners be yours. Other night, you're on your own. The morning after. Aaron Rodgers spoke to media a few days ago. He has a sincere desire to finish out his career in Green Bay, despite the Packers selecting the first-round pick Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. The way that he framed that comment was just so Aaron Rodgers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.